You're listening to Crowning Podcast. Crowning Podcast. Okay, so the first thing I wanted to talk about was the um, uproar from Diddy saying to hold the black vote. Okay. That was the first thing I wanted to talk about because um, at first... I was probably just indifferent. I was just, I don't know. I feel like people should be allowed to say however they feel. Can you break it down what he, what exactly he said and what it was pertaining to? Oh, okay. So Diddy was on a podcast and he was expressing how he felt like the Democratic candidate had to do more to gain the black vote, Mm -hmm. that the Democratic establishment should not assume that Um, They have the black vote. And uh, Diddy said that he's willing to withhold his vote until someone brings forth an agenda for black people. Okay. Um, And a lot of people criticized Diddy saying that it was irresponsible at this point in the game, Mm -hmm. months from the election, to start leveraging our votes because the first um election that america lost elections aren't supposed to be like one of those but america lost that election Mm -hmm. uh was because well we don't know we don't really know why we lost the election to be honest because some people are gonna say it was lack of voter turnout you know people didn't vote Mm -hmm. that was one issue the next issue is uh collusion with russia how do we prove collusion? I don't know. How do we even prove people didn't turn out when there's the threat of collusion? Mm-hmm. People could have turned out. And we'd never know. Yeah. Then there was electoral colleges vote for voted for Trump and not Hillary. But then Hillary won the popular vote. So... It was just a sticky situation. We don't know. No. Like, <laughs> the bottom line is we don't know why Hillary lost. We don't know. But the the reason why people have latched on to, like, people are, I think, maybe because it's just easier to forget mm-hmm. Russia collusion um, and uh, voter fraud. It's just, those are difficult things to deal with right now, you know? But mm-hmm. easy is voter turnout, right? You tell people to come and vote. So that's the reason a lot of people have latched on to that. Because people didn't come out to vote, that's why Trump was elected. The only people who came out were Republicans, which is not true. Hmm. Okay, so we don't want that to happen again. So we're not going to tell Black people to withhold their votes. Um, And we don't want to have people who were indecisive to now be complacent in their indecisiveness and say that oh they're waiting for someone to give them a reason to vote Mm -hmm. then there are other people who say like fear of trump cannot be the reason to vote we need to leverage our um our power our our influence our numbers which helped obama win um we have to leverage that. So Democratic Party has to come in with an agenda that's specifically for Black people. And Black people have to rally together and go to the polls only when those agendas have been brought out. Now, after, I think, at first, hearing it and hearing the backlash, yeah. I was just indifferent. I was just like, Diddy's allowed to say whatever he wants to say. And it's weird that what one person says could impact how or if we vote Mm. you understand like it shouldn't just be one person one person shouldn't be able to fraction off our votes as a community okay that's just weird to say that his comment is irresponsible because he has such an influence regardless of his influence people should be voting because of whatever personal reasons they have um, to vote. I mean, yes, in the grand scheme of things, like we understand the like the machinations of democracy and how important a vote is. 
but to people in general, I don't think that like voting is a an active part of their lives. Like it comes around and they do it. So it's not really like a a point where it's like I'm so like beholden to this idea, to this activity, like it has so much meaning to me. It's like, oh, well, Teddy told me not to vote and his reason sounds kind of right. Yeah, I'm not going to vote. For what people specifically? A large, like, I feel like <laughs> like the majority of people in general. Mm. Especially young people. I can't say for people, let's say, up to 10 years younger than me. Mm. But... I can say that majority of my white constituents voting white constituents right? <laughs> voting is not a big part of their life, but it's a part of their life the same way visiting the dentist is. Mm-hmm. It's a it, it's a action that doesn't require much thought, but it's there. It's expected of them, mm-hmm. or they expect it of themselves. You know, it's time for elections. Go and vote. You finish voting and you continue about your life. The same way it's time for your checkup, you go take your checkup and that's it. Now, if voting is for minority groups, I also argue that, you know, I think maybe it's like I can't say that I know exactly who's voting mm-hmm. and why they're voting. But um, we can see that uh, um, other minority groups do vote and they vote for their interests, right? Yeah. Um, if we want to say, like, Black people don't consider voting to be um, a significant part of their lives, it would that it would just be so strange because we've only been voting for like 70 years. Hmm. Well, I mean, that would explain why it would be a little... No, but no, that would explain why it would be a significant part of your life because you fought very hard to get that, right? And then you've only had it for such a short... Shorter than some people's lifespan. So the, yeah, it hasn't... No, it's, like... not, it's not that old for it to become like... I guess white people where it's just like a A passive thing yeah but no i mean i feel like it works in the opposite way because when you're how can i explain it like when you're suddenly given something that you've never had you're not you're not going to be as inspired to learn how it works you know what i'm saying like if if i don't i don't know if you can say that that's the average response the average person when given something new Mm-hmm. Or don't have any curiosity towards it. I don't think they might have curiosity towards it, but like that curiosity dies pretty quickly. Because like I, I can understand how if you and if your grandparents were like in that first generation of African Americans that had that were able to vote and feel like their vote was actually counting towards something, I can see how quickly the kids or the uncles or the other people around that that were like that are already skeptical of the entire thing tried voting and then they realized they might have been like all right this hasn't helped my situation whatsoever that they were they shied away from it okay so i think i understand you're trying to say that uh they don't have an incentive yeah there is no incentive it's like oh it's here now okay okay so then you agree with uh diddy's proposal that black people hold their Hostage. at this point in time i feel like that is just like it's like if you want to do that fine like <laughs> that's how i feel about it but you want to talk about what is it? it's 2020 if you had talked about this in 2018 maybe i would be like okay let's talk about something you know what i'm saying like if there was like i feel like a lot of people use politics as like or not use politics as as like a buzzword but I feel like a lot of people only get inspired when it's in your face. Mm. So it's like, yeah, we're in a highly political climate right now. So I'm sure that Diddy was sitting around and thinking like, you know what? Damn it. This is the last time. And he was like, I'm putting my foot down. We not just voting Democrat this time. But it's like, I need a little more 
foresight or just a little more thought to be put into these things and like because even expressing that it's just kind of or not expressing it but like trying to weaponize it and get people behind it i feel like it expresses the like frivolity of a vote to you because it's like you know what now nah, we gonna switch this up right now like and it's like in what, three months four months okay so then so at first i was just a different I'm like he's entitled to his opinion and honestly just because he said that doesn't really change what i'm gonna do kind yeah. of election time you know like i understand the sentiment um and i hope that people don't think that they are in a situation where i hope people don't it's hard, okay it's i'm hard gonna to just exp- express it i hope that the people who thought mm-hmm. that they could hold their vote hostage Google what the percentages of hostage situations that went the way the hostage holder intended them to. (laughs) That's funny. It's just, it's the odds are not in your favor. Hmm. Not only are the odds not only not in your favor, but 2018 showed you that whether you vote or not, they're going to elect somebody. Mm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like... It's like, don't think of your vote as, like, um, oh, an answer on the SATs, you know? Like, if you don't answer, you don't get a negative point. But if you answer and you get it wrong, you get a negative point. Mm. That's not what's happening here. You know, you can't save points by not voting, by yeah. not picking. You have to make a choice. You have to make a choice. And your choices are Joe Biden and Joe and, Joe, <laughs> and Donald Trump. Joe Chum. That's <laughs> Joe Biden or Joe Chum. Those are your two choices and you have to pick. You yeah. cannot hold your vote hostage. Because even at this point, it's like it isn't really much of a hostage situation. It's like um it's like if you're in the bank and you're holding like another bank robber hostage, you know what I'm saying? Like it's like the person that the, whatever you're weighing as collateral doesn't matter to the people that's who have even, the gun. That's not even what's happening. It's like you attempted a bank robbery at a bank that the cops are already there. Yeah, that's yeah, what's yeah. happening. It's like the cops are here, it's like, <laughs> yeah. and you tried to hold somebody. Like if you move, I'm gonna shoot this person. No, we're going to shoot you. Mm-hmm. It's like if whether you shoot them or not, we're yeah. going to shoot you. You can only hold the hostage the hostage when you have the leverage. Like it has to be preemptive. It has to... Not only that, but um, on State of the Culture last okay. week, um, I feel like Ebony perfectly explained something that i feel like black americans have gotten completely askewed right (laughs) the difference between political influence and political power okay okay so her explanation in a nutshell was political influence is showing that um you can shift the tide that's political influence, right? Mm-hmm. That um, you can make a change that um, your support or your backing can be advantageous. Political power is being able to demand something and it happening. Yeah. Black people think that they have political power because they've they've recognized how their presence influences elections. Okay. I can see that. And the two are not the same. Because the point of the matter is, no matter what candidate you back, none of those candidates are putting forth legislation to change your situation and it's because although your influence is a, it's essential to them not essential is uh advantage it says yeah. to them 
it's not necessary for them. It's not necessary that they rally your um, votes. It's not. If you have it, it's great. And if I don't have it, I'm okay. Yeah. And then the next thing she explained is the, re- the way we get political power. And her explanation was that it needs to be done not months before an election, but years before the election. Yeah. Um, systematically, the same way Trump did, where America is a sea of red now, is slowly but surely you get your people into the places that you need them to be in come election time. And um, the Democratic Party always just does it way too late, you know. Trump knew he was going to run for president before 2018. Before 2016. Yeah. And he had prepared for it before 2016. He didn't start going on a quest to rally up the votes the summer of 2015. You know? So, too often the Democratic Party does that. You know, all of a sudden, it's a year before the election, and these are our candidates. Yeah. And it's just like, who are these people? Or there'll be one where we do know, and then the rest are just random people. Obviously, the candidate (laughs) is the one we know. But the thing is that, I guess, or from my point of view, my point of view, a lot of Republican candidates kind of just come in off of pedigree and just like status. It seems like it's a lot of state, like not even famous state representatives, people that are like, that have had like a large or long history as like a political face. And I feel like in the Democratic, on the Democratic spectrum, it's like this person funded a campaign that is making gas 10 cents cheaper on yeah, the dollar. Yeah, but it's don't like, invert it. Don't invert it. The reason why they're famous faces is because they were put there to gain that fame so mm-hmm. that when it was time to use it, they could. Yeah. Um. So that was her, her point to it. She was just like, we have to lay the foundation well in advance of the election we cannot come the election year and then start making demands maybe it's uh it's a side effect of obama because obama kind of came out of nowhere and and i'm I'm young it's not just obama but i'm just like that but i I guess besides a joe biden or a hillary clinton you never get like a tenured democratic representative you know what i'm saying it's always well, some no, you do. Like, youngish person that has new ideas that's going to shake things up. No. Or like an ultra progressive or like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's always somebody that's like left of the, the Republican middle. Party. Yeah. Like as far left as you can. Yeah, because that's how you. That's how you get the votes, you know, you don't want the vote to be based on. Um, you're trying to get the vote as far away from a personality contest as you can when you get a whole bunch of wacky characters here's the point though if you and i have the same stats the exact same stats right Mm -hmm. and then i have to base whether um and then somebody else has to base which one of us they're going to pick just based on our personality then the my calculations of how I'm going to win this is going to be more difficult. You understand? Yeah, it's As harder a, to... But if you have already developed a relationship with the person who's going to pick us, then it's... You know how this is going to play out. You know what that person is looking for. You know what kind of um, personality they have and how you can match theirs. And I'm the person with a disadvantage because I'm coming into this blind. Okay. So... Each party is trying to stack up things t- to um, persuade voters that don't let it end up being like, oh, just who do you like more? Mm-hmm. That's like the whole point of these 
debates you know we want to know what your policies are even though we don't really understand them and all that jazz that come with elections right because at the end of the day what the american people are gonna pick is just who they like more yeah (laughs) so it is a personality contest but I feel like as a participant of that contest, you're going to do everything you can to not let it just end up boiling down to that. Mm. Um, But I was wondering, you know, still with the hostage situation, what are our demands? Because Dewey did not make any demands. He just said he was holding a hostage. Mm-hmm. And some people who agreed with him said that, oh, yeah. he should have made some demands. He should have said yeah. what he was going to do, right? Joe Biden um, countered Diddy's okay. hostage situation. He said, okay, well, here you go. You know, um, what did he call it? Uh, lift every ship or something like that? Lift every voice that's every voice like i remember hearing something that was like it just sounded problematic but that was lift every voice mm-hmm. and there's a whole bunch of things in there that uh sounds like um trickle down economics stuff stuff like that you know like empower black owned businesses um grants for people who build businesses in disenfranchised um, communities. Okay. Um, If you hire black workers, all that good stuff, right? That pretty much everyone has some form of it. You know, the only difference is that his has that lift every voice. Slogan or... Yeah, so kind of like indirectly like oh this is for black people but Mm -hmm. we can't say black people Mm -hmm. this is for you so we'll say lift every voice but you know what that means (laughs) yeah it's a little wink wink yeah yeah it's like that so um i feel like i feel like the whole thing's really like just dumb the whole Mm. thing's dumb because no one has made any demands they're just like just bring something just (laughs) just bring the menu and you know i'll try to pick something from there or you're looking at the menu just looking at the waitress just like well what would you recommend like why did you come here without an idea of what you were going to order (laughs) you know like i just i feel like that's just so dumb like if you have demands then make them and i get that the issue is that black people are not a monolith you know that's just the saying black people are not a monolith we're not all the same and i get it no one is saying that you are we're just asking what as a community it is that you want to start with one Mm -hmm. and go through the rest but there would need to be more like centralization that to happen i guess because diddy can't be the person that's telling everyone or that's expressing the the needs of the entire black community it doesn't even have to be diddy it doesn't have to be diddy but um it doesn't have to be diddy and i don't expect it to be one singular thing like we're Mm -hmm. all going to just decide on one singular thing however if every um, if every group of black people were to have whatever their needs were organized, I'm sure that there'll be things that yeah. cross, that yeah. intersect. And where they intersect at would identify what the common denominator is. Yeah, you need planning for that, though. Yeah, like, you cannot say you want an agenda for Black people. And the only agenda that I hear that seems to be, like, rank true is reparations. Like, like that's oh, the... That's the commonality? Yeah, that's where they conjoin, just reparations. Black people want reparations. Yeah. Is reparations the answer? really like like really 
Mm-hmm. No, it's not the answer. But I feel like people would be very surprisingly happy. But then again, what what do you want for reparations? <laughs> like, it sounds crazy, but it's like, if I gave you five thousand dollars, is that reparation? Because people are gonna be angry. Mm-hmm. If I give you ten thousand, fifty thousand, a hundred thousand, and is it per person? Is it per is community? It per, yeah. How do we divvy this up? How do you take this out? How do you use this money? Okay, so in the conversation of reparations, uh, there are kind of like Donald Trump's stimulus check, mm-hmm. you know? Just give us $1,000 every month. Andrew Yang type thing, right? Then there is um, undo all the redlining that you've done throughout history towards Black people, right? Okay. So like, employ us. Um, pay us the same as you pay our counterparts. Okay. Um, build in our communities, like open businesses in our communities. Um, fund our schools, fund our hospitals, things like that. I mean, yeah. which one of those two do you think people are going for? No, you personally. Which one of those two do you think? are gonna do it for black america that's gonna like finally like make a difference yeah okay so um i would say the you know undo the redlining blah 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 all the systematic things Mm -hmm. that's that is actually where the issue lies Mm -hmm. but i don't think you can undo that like um i don't know this is just like a thought that I've been more comfortable with. It's just like, there is no hope for like a perfect integration. You know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. there isn't gonna become a situation where black people just live in white suburbs. And that's like, you know what I'm saying? Like the, I won't say the perfect, but the most uh, effective way of doing things is to have them as they are separated, separate. But you'd have to just create situations that make it more profitable or more or less like less painful to have businesses to live in these areas that are that minorities live in so like undo redlining sure or you know uh help people get better jobs and stuff like that sure but it has to be more inclusive than like bringing like inclusive within the black community rather than bringing black people into other communities or communities they're not a part of okay I, I'd like to argue that I don't think either of those things are gonna work. I don't think any kind of handout from anyone is gonna help Black people, you know, or the Black community in America. I don't think it is. I feel oh, like why? why? Mm-hmm. Because you have to understand that the government is your oppressor, mm-hmm. like. They have been since the country has been founded. They don't know how to level the playing field for you mm-hmm. because you were never level with them in the first place, you know. And no matter, um, and you, we, we don't want to play on the <laughs> even playing fields with white people. White people are vicious, like savages, not just to minority groups, but within themselves as well, like. Should they level the playing field? It is fair game for me to use my wealth, my privilege, my um, exactly why it's like what is all of these things? Part of my weaponry, like I am allowed to use whatever it is I have over you to beat you. Yeah, in white world, we don't want to fight with them because we don't have the same weapons and. They don't consider that as, oh, well, I have to give you some weapons. That's stupid. How am I supposed to beat you if I give you weapons? Yeah. You know, so if it were even to white people, it is unfair for them to have to give you weapons to fight them. Yes. They don't, they're you're never going to get them to agree to that. So I think that it is just, it's retarded. To think that the government is going to give you something to help you um, get a leg up in our 
yeah. society or economy or whatever. And regardless of if they do it, it's just I can't understand how it becomes like level. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there is nothing like you can't break someone's leg and then give them like physical therapy and then expect the, them to compete at like whatever athletic thing that they were competing in prior to. It's like, I've now broken your leg. You are no longer able to compete with everyone who has not broken their leg. Not you're not long, no longer able, but you're at a, a severe disadvantage. So it's like, how much can I give you to help you beat those people? It's like, at the end of the day, it's like, if you don't have the wherewithal, or not the wherewithal, but if you don't have like the inclinations to do what would needed to be done to beat those people, then there's nothing I can really give you that's going to help you. I think that I like I agree, but I feel like it also like just boils down to I think the black community just needs to like it needs like a wake up call. It just needs like a little shaking because I feel like the analogy that I thought of is like a spoiled middle child. Okay. That's what the black community is, a spoiled middle child. Not even spoiled because the parents like you know lavished it with just has like a piss poor personality. Okay. okay, where you feel like, oh, you've always had to compete with your older siblings, and obviously your parents favor the older sibling because it was your first. Mm-hmm. You know, and no matter what you do, you're just never gonna be as good as the older sibling. You always have to take their hand me downs, right? You always have to. Um, just deal with the leftovers of whatever the older sibling has used, right? And then there's a younger sibling who gets all the attention, is like given all the the tools for like the best possible future because that younger sibling is when the parents realize like, oh, this is how you do it. Yeah. And so you're looking at the younger sibling with anger, with resentment, with jealousy, because Mm. no one's giving you that attention. You know, you also um, are a child and you've done so much in this family. You're always good to everyone, but still everybody just puts you down and neglects you. And a lot of the times I feel like that, mentality yeah that mentality just requires just like a summer away away (laughs) from your family or like being sent off to college you just need to get out of the space of thinking that you are in competition with members of your family or to feel like your worth is um a reflection of the other people yeah that's only when you're amongst a bunch of people who um allow you to be the person you want to be instead of being the person you think people are perceiving you to be is when you finally realize that you know like you're not in competition with your older sibling your older sibling is just living their life and you shouldn't feel bad that your younger sibling is getting a lot of attention because although you wish that for yourself, why would you wish whatever you were feeling onto somebody else? Mm-hmm. You know, and I feel like sometimes the way I perceive it is like that's how the black community behaves. You know, it's just like just the need to catch up with their white oppressors and the slighted feeling when in conversations with other minority groups it's just like it's like a poison like it keeps them from recognizing what their purpose is within their community because it's always like white people compared to white people this compared to um spanish people this compared to asian people this compared to jewish people this compared to other newer come foreign um european people this is just like they're not in competition with you of our joined experiences okay and that is the 
power of community, right? It's weak, but at the same time, it's strong. We're not a community that does group think really like other communities, which allows them to have one major agenda and everyone just rallies behind the agenda because that's what's going to work for the community. We don't have that. I don't think that's necessary. I don't think um, we have to all have the same voice, the, the same way um, the Asian community does or the Jewish community does. Okay. I also don't think that we have to um, cannibalize ourselves, right? And the strongest wins, the, the most, like, it doesn't have to be like a Darwinistic effect where only the strong people have um, a voice, have power the way it works in a white community. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that we do do well is when we have a community, despite issues within our community, we can still be civil with each other. We can still respect each other. And I feel like that is something that is unique to the Black community. I don't see it anywhere else. Usually within other communities, if there's a riff, it's feared. It feels like they're going to split their community and so they Mm -hmm. have to root it out. Or um, those people are considered outcasts of their community. And I feel like that's what's going to help Black people there are so many different things that we all need as a community to um, to better ourselves. And each community is different. A middle-class Black family is completely different from a Black family who has just recently begun to see wealth that's going to be able to pass down for generations. And... They don't need the same things. They don't require the same things. And I don't think we have to force them to because I feel like that's how white people keep us separate, you know? Being like, in order for you, successful Black man, to continue to attain success, you have to feed on the less successful Black man. And that's or the only way. Or deject him, like just completely remove yourself from yeah. that. You know, just leave that community because that community does not align with your values. I don't think that's necessary. I feel like, I don't. it's not that I don't think that's necessary. I think that that doesn't work for us. It doesn't work for us. And that's why I don't think we should be trying to level the playing field because we don't want to play the same game. Okay. Even within our circles right now, there can be an affluent black person and they will have friends that are significantly less affluent than them. And that that doesn't really happen within other communities, okay? There is a strength in that for black people. So if um, there is a legislation that's gonna help, even though I don't think legislation is but if there's a legislation that's going to help make that black business better then i think that the black agenda needs to be community because the way it's really going to make black business better is if that black business owner understands that um legislation or grants that help me to establish my black business doesn't directly help my economy unless my like the black economy unless i'm going out of my way or not even out of my way i am taking steps to ensure that other people who are in lower brackets than i am can find a means to being where i am at Hmm. and no grant or legislation is going to do that work you know, black people have to be the ones to do it. And it's not always as simple as, oh, if I own a black business, I'm going to um, employ black people. It's not always that simple because 
depending on how trustworthy a person is, depending on a person's work ethic, depending on um, the environment that you're in, it's going to determine how capable you are of sticking to that, you know. But if it's something as simple as I know where to, um, I know where I went to get the education that helped me get to this point, and I can help, I can like recognize a black person who is working for me, who I feel, I see the work ethic that's required. I see that they are a trustworthy person. Um, and I see that they're in a place of need and offer them an opportunity to not only work here, but receive the training that's required to become where, to come where I am when that time occurs. Okay. Yeah, I agree with that. It's definitely a more uh, <laughs> conscious-minded plan or, like, plan of action than rather just re withholding your vote. But I think that would be more advantageous for people, like, in general. Like, just being more aware of community rather than trying to... Ask white people or so ask like, the government to help us, to give us money. Like, it doesn't matter if you give um, a single mom in the projects $1,000 every month. If she ends up spending dollars. that $1,000 on a new weave, how does that change her economic situation? How does that get her out of the projects? There are some people who can do the legwork to get to where they need to be but i don't feel like it's i feel like it's whiteness to assume that oh the same way that i did the research to find out what i need to be at is the same way everybody else should hmm. I, I feel like that is whiteness i feel like um i'm not saying to baby people but i feel like everyone has different aptitudes if your aptitude was to do the research then that's how you got there. But let's say somebody's aptitude is not to do the research, but once they get to that same position, their work ethic surpasses yours, then they could go farther. But because they didn't have the mindset to do the research, they're now at a significant disadvantage. Yeah, it's, it's all Whereas about you who knew the research withheld that because mm -hmm. you felt like other people need to do the research as well. Yeah, it's, it's all about accessibility and just kind of creating the avenues for growth because again, like if you like as many grants, as many homes you want to give or, you know, like as many programs that you want to install that have more of a uh, monetary or like equity based like focus. If people don't know what to do with that, they're not going to there's nothing. Nothing's going to go from there. Or even maybe some people do have an idea of what they want to do with it, but, it, but it's not it's either not legal or. <laughs> It's, it's counterintuitive yeah. to the general goal. And I feel like the goal, if we like, I feel like the goal is already kind of like in the back of black people's minds. That's why things like black Twitter mm. or just spaces where black people can feel comfortable is, um, at, at least right now, is very sought after black people are trying to create the spaces for themselves you know yeah. but i feel like maybe if it was just verbalized just maybe like popularized people could understand that you know our goal needs to be community because the only way we can start to siphon off a piece of the pie is if more of us are in positions to hand positions to others of us yeah and then the ones have to feel the duty to hand the positions over you cannot assume that the position is yours to keep forever you have to be in a position where you can be you can create a position for somebody else even if it's as simple as you work at victoria's secrets and you got your friend a job at victoria's secrets even if it's as simple as you were a manager at McDonald's and 
the owner of your McDonald's, because they saw your work ethic, did not decide to keep you at McDonald's for the rest of your life, but asked you to find someone who you felt was trustworthy enough to take your position so that you can become an owner of a McDonald's. Mm -hmm. Because then what happens to the first owner is that you now have two McDonald's that you have some kind of influence on in your community. Mm-hmm. Instead of thinking of it as, I have my McDonald's and I don't want anybody else to have any McDonald's because it's going to be in competition with my McDonald's. You know, it's just like the more friends in high places that you have, the higher you can go. But if you're the highest position, then that's all, that's where you stay at. You know, so I feel like someone needs to like put that on a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. On a t-shirt. Make a TikTok of it. <laughs> it's gonna be a lot of words. Of community, I don't know. Somebody will figure it out. They could do the two C slide to it. Okay. <sighs> so yeah, that took about two weeks for me to get the thought out. Yeah, because at first I was just like, he okay. can say whatever he can say, mm-hmm. you know, and. I mean, I think in the back of my head, I already I knew that I felt like he could say whatever he could say because it's too late to say anything. Like it's falling on deaf ears. Like it's not even that it's falling on deaf ears. It's just too late to change anything. Yeah. The ball's already in motion. And then when I thought about it more, I just realized how what it means. His what he said. What it highlights is one that. People don't have the perspective straight on what it means to be black in America. Like that kid who got shot while jogging, what I saw when I saw the video is just that for too long, we've been trying to justify our existence to white people. And when they show us that how they really feel about us, we're disappointed time and time again. Yeah. And it's like the only way we can get them to treat us the way we want them to treat us is for them to have repercussions for treating us less than how we want them to treat us. And the only way that can happen is if we we, have equity. Yeah. Like, we need to be a group. We need to be one. It needs to be, like, has to be, like, real. Like, if you hurt one Black person, the way it reverberates through America is more than just noise. It can't just be noise because there's a lot of noise. When you hurt, when a white man hurts a Black person, or white anybody hurts a black person i feel that there's a lot of noise i despite what people think there's a lot of noise there are a lot of them that go silent or unheard but that's just because it's already pretty loud noise is not gonna help what's gonna help is quiet when you do something bad to the black community if you hear a quiet that impacts the next community then that's how you affect change if it was as significant as oh white um police commissioner one more black kid um dies and you're gonna be looking hard to find money to furnish some of these precincts Hmm. because our money is in there yeah once things like even things as dumb as the mta always increasing these prices who is it affecting it's affecting the minority communities right if the um chairperson of the mta felt at risk at losing his seat if these prices keep going up he's gonna find he's gonna be like you know what no more uniforms we're cutting back on uniforms (laughs) because we can't afford to keep pissing off these minority groups. Like, that stuff needs to happen. It needs to resound as loudly as 
it would for other minority communities because other minority communities aren't just um sitting back and waiting for things to happen they're putting their people into places where should something happen to the littlest person in the community it gets heard at the top and for black people like it gets heard everywhere but no one does anything about it because there's no one there to do anything about it yeah And I don't think we get to those places by competing harder against our adversaries because we've been competing pretty hard for a long time. You know the saying, um, a black person has to be twice as good as a white person to get anywhere. Yeah, we've been competing for a long time and we still ain't where we thought we was going to be. People still broad daylight. (laughs) killing people and not receiving any punishments for it so it's past the point of oh white people look at what you did or even as dumb as um reaching out your hand to white people because you can't expect the people who hate you to be the better person you know like so we have to reach out to them so that i don't even know what we're expecting (laughs) to happen yeah no that's cool you know like I don't get that. You know, instead, I feel like we just need to be indifferent to them. We need to, we just need to. Not expect from them. Not expect from them at all. And I even just not expect from them. Just let them know that, you know, like, I'm I'm not playing with you. (laughs) (laughs) Like, we're not playing the same game. Like, and if you touch me, I will punch you in your face. Like, that's the. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like you know how you have a a school bully yeah and then one day you finally stand up for yourself the relationship after that is kind of like you know yo like when i said i'm done playing i'm done playing because if you keep playing i'm gonna punch you in your face you know it, it can be it. friendly it can yeah. be friendly until it stops being friendly and then you're like yo I know we've been friends for a little bit, but I will punch you in your face. We're not there yet with the white people. <laughs> We're not. Thank you for listening to this episode of Crowning Podcast. If you like what you hear, please don't forget to leave a rating on Apple Podcast or a like on your favorite podcast streaming app. Again, thanks for listening and until next time.